Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm your host, Gabe Cox, and through this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you step into the fire of refinement so God can mold and transform you into a woman ready to step into your calling and crush your goals His way. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience. Each episode, I will bring you thought process, productivity tips, and inspirational stories from everyday people, all so you can live intentionally and move forward confidently with the gifts God has given you. As a running enthusiast, I believe that life is one massive marathon and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me because I know you will come out stronger. Hey friend, welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm thankful you're tuning in today and today is important. We're talking about our thoughts. Did you know that we have power to control our thoughts? We can change our minds. It's not easy and it takes work, daily work, but it's possible, rewarding, and worth it. Our minds are like computers. We need to program them because they calibrate our expectations and our expectations calibrate how effectively or successful we will be at putting in the work to make things happen. Now in the computer world, the acronym GIGO or G-I-G-O stands for garbage in, garbage out. And just as a programmer uses that to filter systems in a computer, we need to filter our minds the same way. We bring a thought in, decipher it as if it is positive or negative, and the negative ones have to go. They're garbage. So GIGO, G-I-G-O, can also stand for good in, good out. If our brain is like a computer, it will produce exactly what we program it to, whether it's good or garbage. A computer is only as good as the data you give it. The mind is only as good as the thoughts you allow it to keep. What we put in is what will come out. Our minds will perform to the expectations that we set. We need to be able to speak our vision over ourselves. When we program our minds right, it raises the level to which we can perform and creates a better us. What we put in is what will come out. This is pretty common sense, right? What you program in your mind is what will come out. It's important to program in our minds what is good and positive. It's easy to say, but it's not always easy to execute. It actually is really hard because this process is a daily occurrence. It's really a moment-by-moment journey because we take in thousands of thoughts every day and our minds have, it's easy to say, but it's not always easy to execute because this process is a daily occurrence. It's really a moment-by-moment journey because we take in thousands of thoughts every day and our mind has to manually accept or reject each one. Accept, decline, accept, decline, 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 accept, accept, decline. So much clutter is getting through. But isn't it good news that you can change your mind? You do have the power to control your thoughts. God has given us the tools and the resources we need to dwell on what is pure, right, and true. We can control our thoughts and we can choose what we focus on and we can renew our minds. So here are a few thoughts specific for this topic today. Number one, control your thoughts. So how do we do this? Sometimes it seems impossible to control every thought that comes in. Think of mental discipline like having a bouncer at your door, the door of your mind. Bouncers are paid to ensure only the right people get into the specific event taking place. They're usually tough and scary looking, (laughs) maybe big and buff or whatever, and They make us think twice about entering, right? 
But their role is to let the right people in and keep the wrong people out. A bouncer at the door of your mind keeps the right thoughts in and turns away the wrong ones. It only allows in the ones that are invited. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Don't accept every thought just because it happens in your head. God says to take each thought and give it a thorough examination. Is it good or bad? Is it right or wrong? Is it positive or negative? Capture the ones that are right and throw away the junk. The Greek word used for captive in this passage, I don't know if I'm going to say it right. <laughs> this is a really weird word, but it's akimalotizo. Akimalotizo. Tizo. Anyway, I should probably spell it for you. A-I-C-H-M-A-L-O-T-I-Z-O. Okay, so you can figure it out yourself. But what it means is to metaphorically capture one's mind or bring something into captivity. You are literally captivating your own thoughts. We make every thought obedient to Christ, the passage says. The Greek word used for obedience is hupakoi. Hupakoi? Well, I'm not really good with Greek words. <laughs> hupakoi. H-U-P-A-K-O-E, <laughs> which means attentive hearkening or to carefully listen to what you are hearing and submitting it to Christ. Is what you hear or think obedient to what God wants you thinking? So the first step in this process is to have that bouncer at the door of your mind and to listen to and capture each thought so you can decide what to do with it. Once it goes in, it's really hard to get rid of. Work every day to be conscious of the thoughts trying to enter your brain. And like a good bouncer, decipher what is good and bad and filter out the ones that don't belong. <laughs> that kind of reminds me of Sesame Street. Which of these whatevers don't belong? I don't know. <laughs> Anyone remember that? Is Sesame Street a thing anymore? I don't know. I don't have regular TV. All right. So number two, choose your focus. God gave us the ability to choose what we focus on. Will it be an anxiety, a worry, a fear? Or will we focus on what is lovely, pure, and right? Philippians 4, 8 says, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So here's the test. You send every thought through like a computer gathering information. All your friends are talking about a movie and how amazing it is with a thrilling plot, scandalous scenes, and it keeps you guessing the whole way through. You do not want to miss this movie. It sounds so good, but it's rated R. So the question is, should you watch it? All right, let's test this. From what you've heard or know of the movie, because you can find the information pretty easily. It's out there. Is it true? Is it noble? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it excellent? Is it praiseworthy? If you answered no to most of those questions, it's probably better to forego the movie, even if you want to see it so badly. Will you feel like you're missing out? Maybe, if all your friends are seeing it and talking about it. But our minds are powerful and we can't unsee or unhear things once it's in our minds. It's not easy to just get those thoughts back out and it can consume your mind for days after. Here's an example. So when I was a new mom, 
my oldest son, I think was around nine months. I really have no idea, but he was young. He was a baby. He wasn't walking yet. <laughs> Actually at nine months, he was walking. Anyway, that's besides the point. I went with my mom to a movie called Changeling with Angelina Jolie. She's a really great actress. It sounded like a good plot. Um, you may have heard of it. You may have seen it. You may not have. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But when I saw previews for it, I thought I was going to be watching a suspense movie about political corruption, female disempowerment, and mistreatment of mental health patients in the early 1900s. But what I didn't know is that it also was about child endangerment and a serial killer. That wouldn't have been my first thought to go to see that movie. Most of the movie depicted the murders of young boys rather than revealing the corruption at the governmental level. It was in there, but it was just more focused on the actual serial killing. And to top it off, this movie was based on a true story. They're live events that actually took place in the early 1900s, I think like 1930, somewhere in there. I love movies based on true stories, but not ones like this. I'm telling you, when I left the theater that day, I was petrified. And as a new mom, I never wanted to leave my little baby out of my sight. I wish I could say that only went on for months, but literally for years, I had nightmares about what I saw. And I told moms never to go see that movie. I still do. So if you haven't seen it, just stay away from it. It's just not a movie moms want to see. I'm, I'm promising you that. The movie itself was definitely suspenseful. It had great acting. It had a thrilling plot. But it was not something I probably needed to subject myself to. We just can't unsee things. I mean, I'm still bringing it up almost 13 years later, and it still affects me. So the second step is to choose what you focus on. You can use the Philippians 4-8 test for any thought coming in or to gauge if you should or shouldn't watch it or, or watch or do something, whatever it is, watch, see, or do. <laughs> is it true? Is it noble? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it excellent? Is it praiseworthy? For me, Changeling was true. It's based on a true story. And it probably was right, a near accurate depiction of the events that happened. Obviously, probably a little different, but you could even say it was probably admirable as the main character played by Angelina Jolie fought to change the governmental systems and the ideology around mental health patients. But it definitely wasn't pure or lovely, or praiseworthy, and it affected my mind for bad more than for good. This Philippians 4-8 test is a formula for keeping your mind right. Use it when you are unsure if a thought should stay or go, or if you should or shouldn't participate in or watch something. It works. This test works. And the third thing that we need to do is renew our minds. I encourage you to renew your mind. What goes into our mind is important, and we can't unsee or unhear things, but isn't God good that he gives us the ability to renew our minds? Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Renew means to resume after an interruption, or to give strength to, to revive and to replace. Okay, I'm going to tell you about the Greek word again. <laughs> the word in Greek used for renew in this verse is anakainosis. Anakainosis. Kind of said it right. A-N-A-K-A-I-N-O-S-I-S. -I, -I, I have it like phonetically written out and I still can't read it. <laughs> 
And, and what this means is a renewal, a renovation, or a complete change for the better. A complete change. It's like a 180, right? So God commanded us to renew our minds, and that is how he transforms us. In the renewing, we will be able to see what God's will is for our lives. We step into the fire of refinement and are renewed through Christ. One of my favorite channels is HGTV. Anyone else out there? I mean, come on. It's a great channel. So we don't have cable. So it's my treat when we stay at a hotel. And I watch it a lot. But thankfully, my family likes it too. But what makes these renovation shows like Fixer Upper and Love It or List It so appealing? To me, it's not the middle. Sometimes the show seems actually too long, but it's the beginning and the end that I'm enamored by. I love seeing how terrible the house looks in the beginning, the dirt and the filth, sometimes the live animals that they find living in there. I remember watching Good Bones one day and there was literally a live snake living in a box in there, in that house. Oh, it was my worst nightmare. Oh my goodness. It was horrifying just to see it on TV. Oh, yuck. So (laughs) my boys tried keeping a snake in a cage in the garage one time. Apparently my husband was a part of this. And when I found out, because my youngest snitched on all of them, I was furious. It's the one thing I told my husband before we got married that would actually drive me out the door. The only thing, snakes. You think I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. I hate snakes. It's probably because when I was younger, my brothers used to catch them and actually put them in my face. Um, Or I found one in our basement one time. And to me, it looked like this huge boa constructor, even though it was just a small gardener snake but gross. They just don't have legs. I don't know. There's something about them, but I'm not sure why I went on that tangent, but apparently I wanted you to know that I love snakes. I don't like them. Um, So anyway, I love the beginning of the shows where they reveal the worst of the worst houses. And then I love seeing the end result. I love that Joanna Gaines has a vision and can see how to take this dilapidated house and turn it into something beautiful. I love seeing the before and after, but the hard work isn't in the before and after. The hard work is in the middle. The part that I don't like as much, the process of tearing down walls and cleaning and rebuilding, painting, decorating, investing. I kind of like the decorating. So I guess decorating, that's kind of at the end, right? But but the rest of it, ugh, so much work, so much money, so much whatever. But you know what? The journey of renewing our minds is quite similar to the process of renovating an old house. Sometimes they find a treasure in the house that they think is really cool and they figure out a way to incorporate it into the new structure. I always love when they do that. So with the snake, actually, this is kind of on a tangent. So what they did is they actually had somebody create a picture, an artistic kind of abstract picture of a snake. It was huge and they put it on the wall. Even though I don't like snakes, it was kind of cool because it's a memory of what the house started as. You know, we keep the good in our minds but we tear down the rest and we rebuild to ensure our thoughts are obedient to Christ and pure and lovely in nature. You don't just renew your mind once. It's a daily thing. Again, we're flooded with thousands of thoughts a day, so it's crucial that we take the time to renew our mind. We need to see if there's anything we need to take captive and submit it to God. David's heart cry to God was to search him and to help him see if there's anything he needed to change or renew. David says in Psalms, 139, 23 to 24, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We renew our minds by getting alone with God in prayer 
and asking him to search our hearts and thoughts and to reveal if there's anything we haven't taken captive yet. And if we do this, God will renovate our hearts and change us forever. I love that Greek word, anachoniosis, or however you say it. Ana, ana, I, I don't know. I give up. But it, it is a complete change for the better. That's what it means. That's what God wants to do in us. He wants to refine us and make us new. But we have to first do the work and discipline our minds. Choose your thoughts. Choose what you let in carefully. Choose to focus on what is lovely and true and renew your mind daily. These are the keys to hearing God's good and pleasing will for your life. And as you renew your mind, he will continue to lead you and show you the path he wants you on. That's what stepping into the fire is all about. It's about renewing your mind and transforming it to what God wants and listening for his good and pleasing will. Allow him to mold and shape you and refine you. Enjoy the process in the middle because the renovation is always worth it. The middle is the longest process, but the best part is looking back and seeing just how far you've come. I want to leave you today with a prayer of scripture. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Help me to take each thought captive and make them obedient to you. Help me dwell on what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, or excellent. Help me be okay not conforming to the pattern of the world, but rather to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Help me to see your good, pleasing, and perfect will for my life. Amen. Amen. I hope you have been blessed today as we chatted, and I also hope that you will take these three things and learn to control that precious mind that God gave you. Step into that fire. It's always worth it. Until next time, I pray that you just run your race. I believe in you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify as reviews are an important part of growing this podcast and helping it reach the listeners who would love to add it to their library. If you have any friends or family who you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with them. If you're not a part of the free Red Hot Winners community online, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you develop your giftings and go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to www.redhotmindset.com to check out the show notes and find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye, winner.